Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths. Today we're going to end the year with just a chatty show, conversations with friends. So pull up a chair, sit down at the proverbial table with us, have a cup of coffee or tea or a glass of wine or water and just join us in a fun conversation as we review the year and talk about what's coming up for 2022. Uh, It's been interesting. It's been a lot of us have changed and evolved in directions that we might not have anticipated at the beginning of 2021. But with 2022 coming in, Samantha's going to start us off with an amazing numerology about the number six for, for the year coming in. Yeah, so 2021 was a universal year of five, which is the number of change, disruption, adventure, truth, travel, and rebellion. So how you come up with the universal year is you just add up the numbers in the year. So two plus two plus one is five. So it's interesting. Something I love to do when I have a minute to sit down and reflect is to write down the last nine universal years and look at events that happened in my life, key events for each year. And that can give you a really good idea of what these universal years will mean for you. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, I went back to like 1990 and just wrote down the universal years for all those years and wrote down like what happened. And it's so fascinating if you have time to do that, to look at how the key events in your life really do sync up with the universal year. And so this last year that we're just now leaving, it might've It might have been a great year for you, or it might have been a challenging year for you. Five years are very up and down energy. They're an amazing time when old foundations can tumble down and help reveal what is really true and right and necessary for us. But as I said, they can be challenging years that leave us feeling depleted, overwhelmed, and tired. It's a year of impulsive decisions, unexpected change, and feeling restless. Commitments and focus are often hard in a five-year because we can feel as though we're flung from one expectation to another without a chance to relax, breathe, and exhale. Now, it's interesting to correlate the Tarot key cards with the universal year numbers. In Tarot, the fifth key card is the Hierophant, which is all about rules, structure, and authority, either challenging the rules or following the rules. But the Hierophant is also the teacher. So 2021 most likely taught you some valuable lessons. Before I move into the universal year of six, do you want to say anything about that or the Hierophant? Because I think that's a tricky card in Tarot sometimes. It is because it's about, you know, following the rules, structures, uh, you know, ritual, routine, organized religion. There's a lot of not rigidity, but, but parameters for me with that card. And the way you describe the energy of 2021, I was thinking about it from a personal level, but also from a, a, a universal level for you know globally what's been going on and nationally what's been going on. You have to admit that's pretty damn spot on. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Five years are big years. It's like, you know, grow big or go home is kind of a mantra for a five year. 
And they will usually present you with something unexpected, something you didn't see coming. Now, in, in Tarot, the Tower card is the 16th key card, if I'm remembering that correctly, which mm -hmm. is not connected to the number five at all. I always think of the Tower card when I think of a five-year. But according to numerology, it's connected to the Hierophant, which is that rigidity you mentioned. It can also be questioning our beliefs. Something about the number five is it is the truth seeker. So if you have five anywhere in your name numerology or your birth date numerology, you need authentic people around you. You need the truth. You need to get to the heart of a mystery. Fives make great detectives. They're like the Sherlock Holmes of other numbers. So during 2021, you might've had to contend with some hard truths, either about yourself or the people in your life or something being revealed that maybe you didn't feel ready to know right away. So, you know, it, it, it can be a very, very challenging energy. And yet, like the tower card, those walls have to come down. And while it can be hard to see that come down afterwards, in hindsight, we always see that that was necessary. And so hopefully that's what the end of 2021 is looking like for you, that you're thinking, oh, that was hard. That was unexpected. And yeah, that was a little difficult too, but I got through it, it needed to be cleared out, and I'm ready for a new year. So as we're getting ready to enter this universal year of six, it's going to be much calmer, I hope. It is time to focus on balance and choices. Six is the number of the entrepreneur and the leader, but also the supreme nurturer. You've probably heard me say this before, but think about the number six. If you draw it in your mind's eye, it looks like a pregnant woman with the, the big loop of the six is her pregnant belly. That's how I think of the number six, because it is the mothering card. It is the number of nurturing, of really mothering yourself and learning to love yourself and put yourself first. So in a universal year of six, you might be called upon to step up to the plate to make good choices for yourself. You might be called upon to take on more responsibilities in some areas of your life, but and maybe more importantly, you might also be forced to drop some responsibilities that are no longer or maybe never were yours to carry. A universal year of six asks us to reevaluate our definition of love. Is this love or fear? Is this love or manipulation? Love or control? Love or loneliness? Love or lust and attraction? This is a year where we be called to really look at unconditional love. What does it look like to love yourself unconditionally, to love others without judgment or fear? What does that really mean? And it's interesting because the sixth key card in Tarot is the lover's card. Right. And it's obviously a lover, you know, loving relationships, but that's also a card about seeing things at face value, about polarity, about seeing the black and white sides of things. And what you were just describing as far as releasing, letting go, I think that's been happening for a lot of people globally on whether it's material things they're releasing or old emotional baggage or expectations they've had for themselves. But there is, and Jen brought this up when we did the astrology show, these last few months and into 2022 is about putting to rest, releasing, letting go. So I love that the numerology supports the astrology and supports what we've been getting coming through in readings for folks. I know it's so cool when that all lines up. Now, here's one thing I don't 
want to think about. During 2022, you may have to take on the care of someone else in your life. So you may be called upon to take care of a parent or be there for someone at work or a sibling or a friend. And honestly, Denise, if I have to take care of someone else or another pet, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> no, you're, you're tapped out with that right now, sweetie. You don't have to. <laughs> the caregiver. <laughs> you're doing but, it well. You're doing it amazingly well. So give credit where credit's due. But oh, holy shit, that's that. enough. But it's also, and this is something we all have to keep in mind. Yeah, you might have to be taking care of or nurturing someone else in your life, but really a universal year of six is about learning to take care of and nurture yourself. Now, you might have to step up at work also during this universal year of six. This is the year to raise your hand and say yes to new opportunities for growth. As I said before, it's the number of the entrepreneur and the leader. So think about ways in your life and areas where you can take the leadership role. It's a great year to focus on learning to love, nurture, and care for yourself and to focus on inner child work. So if you've been putting off reading any of, say, John Bradshaw's work or doing some inner child core healing, don't do that in 2022. Pull out those books, go back into your journals, and really start to love and heal that inner child. This is the year to do it. There's also a sense often during a universal year of six of needing to belong. So you might see your friend group expand. You might want to look for areas where you can volunteer or join a book club or just consider asking someone at work to meet you for a cup of coffee. Six is also the number of magnetism. If you have the number six in your name or birth date, it means people are drawn to you and will often seek you out for comfort, words of validation and guidance. So as we move into this personal year of six as, as a whole, as a collective, start to pay attention to people who seem drawn to you, but also pay attention to people, ideas, books, or classes that draw you in as well. Because during a universal year of six, you will attract into your life this year what you focus on. That's really helpful. Yeah, I think it is. I think there's a lot of good things. Again, again, the six in Tarot is the card of the lovers. And yes, we always associate that card with love. But something that's really important, it's also the card of choices. And the lover's card always asks you to focus on your choices. If you look at that card, there's a man and a woman, they're naked. So that symbolizes it's time to get nakedly truthful about yourself, your relationships, what you really want and need in life. And it's also about you, you know, what do you want? Where are your boundaries? What are you hoping for? You know, I've been listening to this wonderful podcast on, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's a Turner classic movie podcast. And the season I'm listening to is on Lucille Ball. So if anyone's looking for another fun podcast, I've really enjoyed that one. And in that podcast, they were saying that she was a student of Norman Vincent Peale, you know, who wrote all the positive thinking books. Right. And he had her write a question down and tape it to her bathroom mirror. And the question was, is this good for Lucy? Oh, isn't that interesting? And so consider maybe doing that in your own life. Is this good for me? And tape that to your bathroom mirror, because ultimately during a universal year of six, this is the question we're all going to have to make. What is good for me? What choices will make me happy? What can I let go of to enhance my inner joy? What do I need to release to work on healing? What choices can I make now to propel me on my chosen path? 
See, and that's all about taking our power back, taking our sense of self back. And personally, and I think from what you and I have chatted about, is this is the year to really come back to ourselves and say, okay, this is who I am. These are the circumstances in my life. How can I embrace that? How can I really start to, and this sounds kind of hokey, but live the life I really came here to live? Because we're all being nudged in that direction to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And that can be scary and it can be kind of intimidating and exhausting, but this is the time to do it. Yes. Yes. And when I was looking back over this year to say, oh, what can we talk about for end of the year and what's coming up in the numerology? Doesn't like last a year ago seem like a long, long time ago, but then again, it went by really fast. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Time is really different right now. And it that's is. not just me and you. I'm hearing that from a lot of people. Yes. And, and also trying to figure out is this all there is? Why can't I get motivated? What the hell's going on in my life? I think we're all going through that right now. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Well, something else you can think about our last universal year of six was 2013. So you can look back to that year and think, okay, what, what happened in that year to give you an idea of what might be echoing back in this year? But this year, I think, feels different to me than 2013, because 2013, you've got the two, the one, the three. This year, we have three twos. And two is the number of union and love and partnership. So I do think it's a great year to be a joiner. I sure as hell hope we're not revisiting 2013. (laughs) It was horrible. It was one of the worst years of my life. And there was a lot of extraneous things that were unpredictable and difficult. So I'm, I'm going to count that check mark on my karmic checklist of been there, done that, have the t-shirt. No, thank you. Okay. Um, we'll go back to 2004. Uh, 2004. That was the last universal six oh, before that. I almost said the F word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was another hugely transitional year for me because, okay. So if we're, this is a universal six year, we're all under that energy but then we have to factor in whatever our personal year number is, right? Yes. Okay. And we talk about this every year, but I love it because my personal year number is going to be different. And then it's, it becomes a blend of both the numbers for the overall energy of the year. Yeah. So the universal year number gives you an idea of how the collective is moving into the energy that as a whole, the universe is giving off, right? And then your personal year number gives you a more focused idea of some challenges and opportunities you'll be presented with. And you find that out by adding up your month plus your day and then the new year. If you were born on January 1st, you would just add one plus one plus 2022 and reduce to a single digit. Okay. So if you have, uh, I've always wondered about this. If you're do you go for the, does everyone start on January 1st for that energy or does it go from your birthday to your birthday? That is something that's really hard for me to answer. Most numerologists say it switches on the new year because as the whole of the universe is switching into a new energy, that's when it switches for you. But then some numerologists say, no, it starts on your birthday. So I don't know. I, to me, I think it starts on the new year. 
Well, it makes it easier if it's on the new year because I have a, a late in the year birthday. And I've always wondered, so is the if I'm doing my numerology for 2021, is that what I've experienced up to my birthday or that's what's going to go from my birthday on? But I like that better of just everybody starts fresh and clean on the uh, January 1st. Well, do what I suggested and write down all those years because maybe it maybe it is the other way for you because if 2004 and 2013 were really changing dramatic uplifting years for you, then it might've been more of the five-year energy. See, two, 2004 was a huge shift in my life. A lot of positives, a lot of changes. 2013 was a lot of loss, a, a lot of deep life-changing loss. So it's, it, it, there's extreme in both. Yeah. Which fits more of a five. Huh. Okay, yeah. I will. I'll look at the the uh, the timeline and see what I can because that'll give me something else to obsess about. So we... <laughs> no, but it's just it's fascinating to look at the patterns and the cycles that we go through. Oh, I agree. You know, and I love looking at the numbers because they're all they're all different. Like you can group them into three groups. So like the one five seven are kind of the mental, intellectual, overthinking, analytical numbers. And the two, four, eight are more of the empaths and the three, six, nine are more about communicating, connecting, reaching out to the collective. So it's interesting to look at those patterns as well. Oh, it's so fun. So when Jen was on the show and she talked about, look back to the dates in May yeah. and we had had a listener write in and say, you know, have you ever considered doing a show on does the astrological stuff line up for you when you look back at at it, you know, in retrospect. So I went back and I looked at May and that's when I went and saw the ponies. And remember I had, I went down to Maryland and it had always been on my bucket list to go and see the, the wild ponies on the beach, which was much different than what I expected, but I was, and I was completely self-contained in my RV. So I wasn't, you know, it, it was a very safe trip to make, but I thought about that and I went back and I looked at some journaling I had done during that time and some notes and some experiences I had. And it was pretty spot on with, with coming full circle with this energy now. Yeah. I do think if you look at the astrological cycles, they do tend to be spot on. And if you, if you are a journaler and you take notes, you can see that. I remember reading the November horoscope for me at the beginning of the month. And it said, you are going to have a really busy month and you're not really going to be able to slow down until after Christmas. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Nope. I'm just not going to take that. And yet, <laughs> <laughs> and yet that's how the next seven weeks went. So I do think it's spot on. And, and also same with the numerology. If you pay attention to it, you're going to find something that resonates with you on this. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to pick a word of the year? I would love to say I am, but then I don't remember my word. I don't do any work with my word. Do you have one? No, I'm I'm feeling the same way. I I don't know because sometimes I pick a word and then I get the opposite of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you pick patience, you get a bunch of stuff to show you that you're so impatient and need to work on that. And so in 2021, I picked easy and 
2021 was not an easy year. It wasn't a bad year. It just wasn't an easy year. No. no so no. I don't know what to pick. Well, we could look at it. So all I the pick years... anger and then I'll have happiness. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Big X I'm on kidding. that one. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, maybe back when I, all the years I taught special ed and all the different age groups and we used to call them thematic units. Now I believe it's differentiated curriculum where you just immerse people in a theme and a topic and you offer all these different activities at different levels so that everybody can be successful and learn something from it. And I think maybe that's what I'm going to do for 2022 is just have a theme and then I can work around that. So rather than limiting, and my, my theme, I think is going to be take, take your life back. And that can be physical health, emotional health. I really, really want to get back into my own personal practices again, that I put on the back burner because of time constraints or, or energies or not having the focus, letting, I'm going to reword that, letting my focus be redirected by other choices or experiences rather than making my own things as much of a priority as I do for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Are you feeling that as well? Yeah, I am feeling that. I'm just not, I'm not really sure how to do it. Right. You know, because I'll get home from a really long day and then, oh, you got to go see your dad. Oh, you got to bring dinner to your mom. Oh, you got to cook dinner for your kids. Oh, you got to put the wash on the dryer. Like, it's just when I try to sit down, like one of my favorite things to do, and I know that I'm such a geek at heart, but one of my favorite things to do is sit on my living room floor with my giant love is in the earth crystal book and just flip through it. I love it. I discover a new crystal every time. And then I research everything I can about it. And it just calms me down. Another thing I love to do is just sit at my dining room table and draw. And have I had any time to do either of those things this year? No, I have not. And And I miss that. And both of those are, are beautiful. They're for you. They're very unique to you. They're a way to shut your brain off. So in a sense, it's exactly what you need. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or I love to go on iTunes and just explore and find new music and new bands. I love to find music like no one's ever heard of. I don't know why that just gives me such a kick. And I haven't had time to do that. And, you know, when we had Lynn Patner on and she was talking about how everyone needs to schedule a play date, Mm -hmm. I really have thought about that a lot. Like, there's been very little time for play in my life. So while you have these lofty goals of getting back into meditation and all your spiritual, (laughs) my goals for 2022 are to just have more time for play. But that, that see, and that's it. So everyone's feeling that it's time to have fun again. It's time to enjoy life. And if that means that you're have a spiritual practice or looking through a crystal book or jogging on a beach or going out for you know a meal with your friends it's going to be unique to each of us but it is about having more fun and enjoying life again yeah exactly and just taking care of ourselves and nurturing ourselves and whatever whatever that is for you and not not letting anyone change it you know, not letting anyone take that from you. Like my new thing in 2021 was I finally joined a gym again. And that's my time for me, you know, and my favorite thing to do is put on one of my favorite shows on Netflix, put my little AirPods in and just go to town on the treadmill. 
Mm-hmm. And it's very, very relaxing. And I just zone out. And it's just, like I said, it's my time for me. And I don't feel guilty about that time. Like I would, you know, drawing or looking at my crystals because it's healthy. And then this guy comes up to me at the gym a couple of months ago. And he's like, you know, I'm a trainer here. And I see you coming in here every morning. You've got the motivation, but all you're doing is going on the treadmill and doing some weights. You need to really fine tune your program. And and so, Denise, I went along with it for like two weeks. And, and oh. it just, yeah, and it wasn't me. I'm sitting there doing jumping jacks and squats and all this crap I don't want to do. And finally, I had to tell him this isn't for me, which is hard because I don't like confrontation. But finally, I'm back to my little root, safe, comfy routine of just doing some of the weights and then finishing on the treadmill. So I don't want to let anyone takes, uh, take me off my course in the new year. Oh, see, that's a perfect way to describe it. Because it, when you were saying you get on the treadmill and you zone out and you go to town on that, that feels like it's almost stepping away from you, all the stuff in your life that you have to take care of and be responsible for and worry about and just gives you that freedom to yeah. be present. Right, right. And that's a word that's thrown around so much. And yet, I don't know that any of us have felt as present as we normally are because everyone I'm talking to is feeling just as pulled in so many directions as we are. Right. Or wanting to have, oh, at the end of the day, when I get home from work, I'm going to do this. And then it's literally sitting in a pile of drool because there's no energy left. There's no, there's no, there's no verve left to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard. And that's, that's usually my best time. I'm such a night owl. That's usually when I get my best work done for myself, not like work, work. And I've been like that for like, I guess at least six months where I just come home from the end of the day and everything's done. Parents are taken care of. Kids are fed. Laundry's done. And I don't have energy to play. I don't have energy to do anything except, you know, read or stare at the TV. And I don't, that's not me. And I don't like that. But how do we and I really think this is something we're all struggling with. How do we make it a priority? How do we make it non-negotiable of, and yes, things will get in the way and you might have a, a play date planned and then something comes up with your, your children, your parents, your work, your community that you're not able to, to do that. But how do we do those daily things that are going to help us make it non-negotiable that this is my, like if you're showing up at the gym every day, on some level, you've made that commitment to yourself to say, no, I'm going to do this. It helps me physically. It helps me emotionally. It, it helps me you know, keep my sanity during these very trying times. That's what I'm trying to find that the magic key for is how to apply that dedication to other aspects so that it becomes just part of the routine and the structure and the joy of the day. Well, for me, it's, it's habit. And yeah. Once I've made it a habit, then it becomes a consistent part of the routine. And it's getting to that place of making it a habit. I think they say it takes 21 to 60 days, depending on the person, to make something a habit. Now, I'm a visual person. So what I have to do, I learned this when I started. So, you know, I'm a Catholic and we like to say novenas. Well, when you say novena, you have to say it for nine days. Well, I'm so scattered all the time. I forget. Did I start on Monday or Tuesday? So I have to, I literally have a little chart taped to my bedside table 
<laughs> Monday to Sunday. And then every time I say the novena, I check it off. That's the only way I can remember to do the nine day novena. Well, I started to realize that. And then I started to apply it to the, my, my gym goal. And so I have a little calendar that I just thumbtack to the wall of my closet. And every day that I would go, I would check it off. And then that, I don't know, it's something visual for me. So it's not going to work for everyone, but having a little chart and just checking it off every time you've done it is so satisfying. And it also serves as a, as a reminder. It's behavior mod. Yeah. (laughs) We did that for years with the kids that we taught is, you know, you get a sticker on your chart or you get a check mark on your chart. It works. It really works that accountability. I have a, a goal that I've been working on and I mentioned this in another show that the new research is saying it takes 66 days to make something an ingrained habit. So I started something and I think I'm on day 81. And last night, right before I I looked at my, oh, damn it, I didn't do it. And I made myself do it because I didn't want to break the streak and have to start all over again. And I think that self-competition thing sometimes to, to hold yourself accountable can be an incredible way to, to build that, that habit. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, I have that song on my, uh, on my playlist by Megan Trainer. My name is no, mm-hmm. my sign is no, <laughs> the answer is no, because that's another goal of mine is to say no to more things. <laughs> I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I don't know. I think we always think we can do more than we actually can or should. Yes. And so even if it's like fun thing, like, I I don't know, I have to have one weekend a month with nothing in it. If, If every weekend is crammed with stuff, even if it's fun stuff, I feel very overwhelmed. I do think that's an empath thing. Are you like that? Like if you look at your calendar and I gotta go here, I gotta go there. I gotta, my friend asked me to do this. I got, it makes me feel very chaotic inside. It changes the way you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm starting to say no to even some fun things just so I can have that one month a weekend to just tuck in and restore. And and realizing that it's so funny because I had this, this quote from Einstein on happiness pop up and it basically what he said was a calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. And that's exactly what you just said, is finding that peace, that calm, that place of just being able to relax. (laughs) I guess stewing your own juices would be, (laughs) Uh, but, but truly just be able to be with yourself and enjoy that quiet, that, that it doesn't always have to be. And that's one of my things that I've journaled about a lot lately is that constant, and it's the way I'm wired and the way I was brought up is you push, you keep going, you keep you know, you, you have a goal, you set it. And I think there's a psychological term or reference to, you know, that treadmill of work hard, set a goal, reach the goal. You get that little glimmer of, wow, I did it. And then you, you get right back and you start again. So you never really take time to savor and enjoy and be present with it and present. And I know that's an overworked term, but we're all kind of, I think that's part of this shift from 2021 to 2022 is kind of stepping off that that treadmill and saying is am I doing this because I want to or because I think I have to 
Well, you know, the interview we did a couple of Dr. Michelle has really stayed with me. And yes, you know, the way she was talking about, are you willing to die for this career or looking at just the, the health of the choices, the health implications of the choices that we're making. It's, it's really made me think a lot about, you know, do I have to show up for everyone who needs me, you know, and just prioritizing, you know, of course I'm going to show up for my family, but you know, then everything else has to come second because I'm already overwhelmed with those responsibilities. And so I think really starting to look at this, not only from a spiritual aspect, but also a physical one, you know, Oprah Winfrey has a new book out, um, highly recommend. I, I got it on Audible. So I do recommend you listen to it because I love her voice, but she also plays like snippets from her show and interviews with people. And it's called What Happened to You? And it's about healing uh, childhood trauma. Really oh. uplifting read for the holiday season. But, <laughs> but she talks in there a lot about self-care. And she said that years ago, she made Sundays sacred. And so she doesn't see anyone on Sunday. She doesn't do any work, obviously. She doesn't answer emails, phone calls, nothing. Sundays are just for her. And I think when you get really hard and fast and strict about those rules in your own life and your own self-care, I think that's when positive change starts to happen. Yes. So much of what we do seems, well, personal perspective seems to revolve around what I do. I work myself and I'm very grateful and I'm having a hell of a good time doing it. And I appreciate so many of the people that I get to work with. It's, it's a blessing. Don't you find that you get into that role of it becomes so inclusive of, oh, I want to learn something new. I better take a class that's going to promote my career or, or that's going to give me another skill set. Or that's why I always try to enter one. Oh, I'm going to learn to ride a motorcycle or do this or do that. And I think those little things we can plug into the matrix can help reconnect us with ourselves. Yeah. I think it's so much of life often feels like checking off one big to-do list. Yeah. And then sometimes you meet someone who doesn't live by a to-do list and it's kind of shocking. You know, years ago I wrote for our local paper and I came up with this column idea called um, Earth Angels, and I would write about different people in the community doing really neat things. And one was this guy who spent his spare time making birdhouses and just donating them to anyone. And he would take walks in the woods all the time, and he would just nail these bird boxes up so that, you know, they'd have homes. And I went out to interview him. He was probably in his mid-50s at that point, and he had a really modest house and a you know beautiful yard. And he worked a very modest job and he had no goals. Like his, his life was just about taking care of these birds. And I, and I walked away from that interview thinking, what a beautiful life. You know, like he just, he knew who he was. He knew what was important to him. He knew what he wanted to do. He wasn't striving. He wasn't trying. He wasn't focused on achieving. He wasn't trying to climb any ladder at work. He just would go to work and come home and, and then he'd go to his little wood shop and I don't know. I think there's a beauty to that sometimes. Right. It kind of goes back to what Einstein was saying, a kind, a calm and modest life brings yeah. more happiness. Yeah. And yet I think you and I have a hard time achieving that. And again, based on, you know, what, who we are as people, but also 
what the expectations may have been throughout our lives. Or if we've, and this is one of my, my things that I think for a lot of us is that hyper responsibility gene. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. And people say, oh, you need to let people help. But if that hasn't been a luxury in your life, that's a really hard thing to learn. If you've been really independent or self-sufficient or again, hyper-responsible, sometimes it's hard to shut that off and just say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to worry about things anymore. I'm not going to take care of it. Yeah, that's incredibly hard. And going back to the show we did on the law of assumption, if you were raised believing that you know people tend to let you down and it's better if you just do everything yourself, then you're going to go through life with that assumption and your experiences are going to echo that back to you. All right not speaking from personal experience or anything, but no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) And when, when we talked with Tori and she said uh, that the people in hospice, they always talked about their families, the love, the experience, the relationships. I've given that quite a bit of thought as well of where do you want to spend your time and your energy? And right now you're in the thick of it and the girls are at that age and your parents are both needing extra help and your sisters and you have a lot, lot, lot going on with family stuff, but it's also setting that foundation for, you know, in the future, when you look back and say, wow, I don't know how I ever got through that, but I'm so glad that I did what I did. Right. I know that's very, very true, but I think it's when we are in the thick of it, that we have to focus on ourselves the most. And I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm just talking about making those strict, rigid commitments to ourselves for ourselves. And, and again, that's, that's one of my goals for the new year. I think I'm going to stick with my generic thematic unit, like pretend I'm in, you know, whatever. And, and I, I think I really want to look at what do I really want to let go of once and for all, or maybe there's physical things in my home that I don't use, that I don't need, that someone else could get value from, that my sons will have no interest in later on. They need to be repurposed. They need to be released. Any old emotional connections to things that are, you know, like the tendril around your ankle holding you stuck where you were and not allowing you to step forward. This is this energy feels really, really good for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent and letting go of things that aren't serving you on a day-to-day basis as well, you know, so starting to restructure your schedule. I think that's going to be important for all of us in the new year as well. And balance you, you nailed it. So you said before twos are going to be about a balance year. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Cause that, that is so needed <laughs> for us, but for so many other people. And how many times have we said that to each other? Oh, I just want some balance in my life. I want to find the balance. It's it's unbelievable how many of us are, are trying to find that right now. So I love that there's a potential for that to start to really kick in in this coming year. Me too. I don't think it's going to start right away though, because no. in January, we still got Venus retrograde. We've got Mercury going retrograde. So I think we're going to have to wait till about mid-February to really see the loving, nurturing energy of this six-year kick in. That's okay. That's still early. If you said like, oh, it's going to happen next Halloween, then I'd be like, oh, (laughs) son of a bitch. No. (laughs) No. No, I think it'll be sooner than that. And then didn't Jen mention that big 
huge conjunction happening in March that hasn't happened since like the late 1800s. Yes, there's, there's yeah. a lot of big shifts starting, I believe, in, in February. Yeah, I do I too. And we have, what, five months of everything direct and uh, it, it's going to be beautiful. Well, the eternal optimist in me is saying it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I think you should always be an eternal optimist. But I, I do think that we're shedding some of the angst energy of the last couple of years and heading into a calmer year. I was looking back over old planners to, you know, see that's part of, of a business as you look at where you've been, where you're going, where you are. And unbelievable. I always thought I was location independent, but the pandemic truly made me location independent. I love when I pull up a Zoom call and there's someone 85 years old looking at me that has learned to use the technology to connect with someone in a different part of the world because we're so global now. We're so connected. And all the horrific things that have happened, there have been some amazingly positive things that are bringing us together in unity. And Yeah, and it's important to focus on that. So I'm really glad you brought that up. What I find fascinating is we tend to put on our blinders and think this is just in my backyard or this is in my state or this is in my country. But we're all going through this politically, economically, socially, culturally. That's pretty damn amazing. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, I thought before we wrap up the show, we could each pull a card from a deck for our listeners. What do you think? I love that. Yes. Okay. So um, I'll start. This is from a deck called um, Angel Wisdom Tarot. It's Radley Valentine's deck. And I'm just going to shuffle. You can probably hear me shuffling. And I'm just going to ask, what do we need to know most for the upcoming year? Okay. I'm going to cut. Okay. I have the Knight of Pentacles. And it says, congratulations, accomplished, charismatic, grounded, a time of great success, financial security and prosperity, the Midas touch, everything turning out beautifully for you, a supportive parent and spouse. Oh, two things I don't have. And a good person to work for. Wow. What do you think about that, Denise? I absolutely love that. And isn't it fantastic that that was just a random? A random. Oh, it's perfect. I know. Right. Let me, here, while you're shuffling, I'll look at the book and see if it gives me uh, more information. Oh, part of the reading says to outsiders, it may appear as though money just falls magically from the sky for you. Oh, that sounds nice. But the truth is you're a very hard worker. That doesn't mean you're avoiding your family because they are your number one priority. As a business leader, you are savvy and unshakable. People who want to be a success would be very wise to watch you closely and follow your lead. Wow. So it's just a card of success and abundance and reward for all your hard work. I like that for our new year reading. Oh, that's a sense of hope, a ray of light. Yes. I use this, I, you know, we use our intuition and say, which deck do you want me to use? And I know that I shared this deck before, the Starseed Oracle. But I love Car- that deck. It's, it's beautiful because and it's very Starseed oriented, which has been a theme throughout a lot of our shows this year. But the card that came up with that same thing this coming year was 
your life is a canvas. Artist manifestation create accountability. You're the artist of your life and your life is a canvas. Take responsibility for your ability to create. Earth is known as a planet of manifestation. Your present moment is based on your past thoughts and beliefs. Your current thoughts determine your future. What kind of life would you like to create for the future? What are you being called to create? Reconnect with your manifesting power and align your thoughts, feelings, and actions with the vibration that matches them. It's never too late to start and no experience is required. All you need is an open heart and mind and consistent daily action. If you're not sure what you'd like to create, start instead with a feeling of deep gratitude for all that's good in your life right now. State out loud what you're most thankful for. Look for the good in your life and one thing will be certain, you'll find yourself attracting more and more good experiences into your world. This card is inviting you to see your entire life as a canvas and the picture is completely up to you. Color it with your thoughts and feelings. Create the life that you most long to live. You may also be called to be more creative in your everyday life. What have you been called to create? How can you express yourself more creatively? And the inquiry is, what are you being called to create in your own life? I love that. That is a beautiful message. If you think about it, uh, both of our cards are intermeshed with what we've both been feeling and sensing about what's coming up. This is incredible. It really is. You know, there's a poem I love so much. It's by an anonymous writer, but the end of it, it talks about how we're all a blank canvas and, you know, everyone who we meet takes up the paintbrush and makes a mark upon our canvas kind of for good or for bad. But the poem ends by saying, but at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide if you will be just another painting or a masterpiece. Oh, oh, I love that. Isn't there a similar thing about your thread in the tapestry? Yes. I can't remember who said that one either, though. I know that one I just quoted was anonymous. But I love that idea that we are all a blank canvas. And yes, the people we interact with affect us and, you know, color our soul in different ways. But it's up to us to decide. And to me, that's what that card is saying. And, you know, as we enter a new year, some people look at the new year as just another day. I look at it as as a portal, as a doorway to new avenues of thinking and believing and being and and just as an invitation to pause and reflect and to really put on focused glasses and and look at the upcoming year with with more direction and hope and optimism. So I I think the new year is a very important time. Yes. And if you choose to do a word or a theme or an energy or just space out on the treadmill. Whatever works best for you is exactly the right direction to go with this beginning new year. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. We wish you the happiest new year filled with an abundance of health and joy and love and opportunity and rest and relaxation as well. Please remember as always to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.